What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 14 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a podcast about two of the saddest teams in the NFL, potentially in NFL history, and those would be the Houston Texans <laughs> and Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm your host, Oscar Barkas, and joining me this week is a repeat guest, and that is Wyatt Caldwell. What's up, Wyatt? How you doing? <laughs> Wyatt and I had a rough night last night. <laughs> um, we are getting to you later this week. Just, you know, it was finals week. Then finals were over and I got lazy. Um, so we're joining you on Saturday. Hopefully you get to listen before the games kick off on Sunday. If you don't, I don't think that this is going to tell you a whole lot about where the Texans and Jags are. Yeah. Because, spoiler most, alert, they're bad. <laughs> most people know exactly where they stand. Um, we do have a lot of, I wouldn't call it exciting news about both teams, but uh, both teams had some news this week, which is more than most weeks. Um, and then we've got some other sports headlines that we want to cover, uh, some NFL-wide news. Whenever Wyatt's on, we talk about the Cowboys for a little bit. But I think we should go ahead and kick things off with our quick questions. What do you got for me, Wyatt? Alrighty. So my question to you is, because especially in the NFC, there's a huge drop off from the top tier talent when we're talking about the potential six and seven seeds uh, for the playoffs. For sure. Yeah. So uh, I want to discuss those teams, and then I kind of want to see what your prediction is, at least in each conference. What? 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 Who? Who do you think is going to be the worst team that's going to make the playoffs? Who's going to be that middling, mediocre team that sneaks in and just gets absolutely crushed by the, the two seed yeah. immediately? Yeah, the team that makes it at 7-10 and 10 or 8-9. Yeah, and 8-9. Nine. Nine. Uh, because we will have at least one of those this year. Um, and I know you said, mentioned the top-tier talent in the NFC. There are five teams with eight wins or more, and those would be the Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, and Rams. And then from there, it's a bunch of six and six, six and seven, five and seven, all the way down to the 12th seed. So there could be any of six teams, seven teams that make it in the NFC. As far as the AFC, way sort less of top the same. Heavy. I mean, there's... Right, it's way less top heavy. The from the tenth seed, actually, let's go down to the from the thirteenth seed to the first seed. There is a difference of three games, which is a lot at this point in the season, but it's still not Much as smaller than you'd think it would be. Yeah, at this point in the season, not mm-hmm. as uh, shocking of a difference as the NFC. So I'm just running through teams. I mean. I think the top seven seeds in the AFC, if the season finished, I would not be surprised by it. That, that would be, I mean, it's shocking that the Pats are the first seed, but the seven teams being the Patriots, the Titans, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Bills. And even the Colts, who right now are outside of the playoffs, have still looked very good recently. Right. It, this question definitely, there's a lot more discussion to be had in the NFC for sure, but... In the AFC, could you see one of those teams? Because they're all very close in the standings. I mean, the Steelers almost had like the comeback of the century on Monday night. Yeah. Um, and they're sitting at 6-6. Six and six. Like, if they went out or even win three of their last four games, I guess they have five games left. 17 games is so weird. Yeah. Um, 
like the Steelers are bad. <laughs> Josh and I just talked about how they were not a whole lot of fun to watch last week. Man, they haven't been fun to watch in three years. <laughs> yeah, Ben, ben <laughs> Roethlisberger should have retired last year. Um, Josh and I mentioned that last week. However, he did come out and say this week that this is his last year in the league. Thank goodness. And then almost led an electric comeback. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looked good on Monday night. Not for the first half. Second but half. <laughs> I'd say from the AFC, the worst team that could make the playoffs is for sure the Dolphins. Because they're 6-7. and seven. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's like the top eight. You've got like the Chargers, Bengals, obviously the Bills, um, are more of a probably a top tier team, even though their record. Even though they've had some some stinkers. weird. Lot. You never know. Um, but in terms of talent, you'd like yeah. to think they're towards more of the top over the Bengals, Chargers, Colts, etc. Um, I'd consider the Colts a pretty good team, and after that, it's kind of a drop off. You go to the Raiders. Steelers, Browns, Broncos, and then the Dolphins. And then after that, it's the trash pile. Realistically, hey, hey, whoa. <laughs> Man, the Jets are the top team in the trash pile, and they're above your team. The Jets, the Jets just beat us two weeks ago. <laughs> um, I think the realistic best or worst team so far that could make the playoffs is the Browns. I don't think that the Broncos or Dolphins really have a shot. They've got a decent record, but their quarterbacks just aren't. I mean, the Brown. It's not like the Browns have the quarterback either, but at least they have. You, you the rest of their roster is a top five roster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. NFC is a lot more fun, like we yeah. said. I mean, right now the football teams in the sixth seed. If they beat Dallas this week, there's gonna be two mediocre teams making the playoffs, probably. Unless like probably. the Niners turn right. it on, right, or something. Yeah. If I mean the football team plays the Cowboys this week, if they win and then win more of their games than the Cowboys do the rest of the season, that would be crazy. It's not out of the question if Dallas loses to Washington next week. Uh, if that happens, the NFC East race is not over. I mean, and two teams from the NFC East could make it, and and the football team is not very good. Taylor Heineke, love him to death. I mean, great phenomenal story. guy, great story. He is not He's a fun to watch playoff sometimes. starter quarterback. Even though he did start a game, almost beat the Bucks in yeah. the playoffs last he year. Did. He's not in the caliber as same caliber as Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Dak, and Matthew Stafford. What's crazy to me is that you got the Minnesota Vikings. They lost to Cooper Rush sure did. and the Cowboys, led by Cooper Rush, a backup quarterback, in yep. his first career start. And yep. then they go and lose now to the Lions. The Lions are 1-10-1. They've got their first win against the Vikings, who are, I mean... Could make the playoffs. Could easily yeah. make the playoffs. So, I don't know what the hell is up with them. They're just all over the place for me. Yeah, and um, then almost lost a huge lead to the Steelers this last week. I don't, yep. I don't know what's going on there. I think my answer... The most realistic bad team that will make that could make the playoffs is the Saints, and I would put them above the Falcons, even though the Falcons beat the Saints earlier this year. Yeah. I hate to say this, but for some reason, my gut's telling me that the Eagles would be a good pick. They only have to play Dallas one more time, and that's the last week of the yeah. season. Which we're probably still going to be Dallas is probably still going to be fighting for seeding in that week eighteen. So it's not like we're going to arrest people. However. That last week of the season is always where always crazy weird. stuff happens. Yeah, we just talked um, about it. The Patriots 
have lost to the Dolphins in that last week of the season yeah. a couple times. Um, so I think I know. you're right. Pay, uh, Eagles is a good pick because they're not super good. but They're not terrible. They're not awful. I know point differential doesn't mean a whole lot, but I think they're the only team from like 6 to 10 with anything remotely considering a positive point differential. I think a couple teams do have ones, really? but it's like it's low, that. whereas the Eagles are like plus 50 or something. Good for them. Um, and so, Gardner Minshew looked good last yeah. week. It will be interesting. I think Jalen Hurts will be their starter moving yeah. forward, but if he has a couple rough games in a row, that would be interesting. <clears throat> My question to you is say you have to host a game, uh, host a watch party for an important game. Let's say, you know, the, the Cowboys... Super, Super Bowl party. Sure, Super Bowl party. Assuming, right. that's assuming the people involved are not in the game. Right. Um, I want you to pick a head coach, actually any coach, a quarterback, and any defensive player that you would want to watch a game with. And that's current players, because there are a lot of former players yeah, that would be yeah. fun to watch with. So quarterback, I'm gonna immediately choose Tom Brady. That's fair. Um, I that's a good name to talk about because before even this year, maybe last year, I would not have come close to picking Tom Brady. I think he's probably a decently fun guy to hang out with. He seems charismatic, but a lot of it has to do with historical historical significance. I mean, right. The man has more Super Bowls than any other team has Super yeah. Bowls. He's unanimously the greatest player in the history yes. of the sport. If and I got to host that man in my living room, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and He could be a huge asshole for all I care. It's Tom Brady. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying, like, you're picking mostly based on personality. Like, okay. in my mind, I'm picking mostly based off personality. And I still think I'd pick Tom Brady. Yeah. We watched him on the Manning cast, and He's he was great. the best guest that week by far. If you were allowed, allowed to allow former players Peyton would be a good pick, oh but phenomenal we'll, we'll stick with current yeah, current <clears throat> I think I'll pick Brady also who are you gonna pick as a coach hmm I think I have an answer do you want me to give mine so my first thought again I was thinking historical significance and I was like oh Bill Belichick but then I was like I, I don't mean, think I would have any interest hanging out <laughs> with that man in my living room I mean he's probably got some cool stories but is he even gonna tell stories? you or is he just gonna sit there and grumble the whole time yeah <laughs> Grumble about how bad the Chiefs' defense looks in the Super Bowl or whatever it is. Man, I'm. I think that my pick is Sean McVay, and he he was one of the names that came to mind for me. Um, and he sort of like I can't get a true read. Honestly, we can't get a true read on any of these people. I can't get a true read on Sean McVay, but he did host a podcast for the Ringer over the off season called Flying Coach. Yeah, and he just sounded like a great hang. Plus. Him with Brady talking about offensive schemes, I would learn more that day than I think ever in my life. Yeah. That's a good pick. I, I, I don't want to piggyback you because we I just both have the same, you on Brady. same quarterback, but I think I might have to agree with you there. I, there's not anyone else I can think of off the top of my head. I know there's a lot of guys that honestly would probably be a decent time hanging out with. Like I'm sure Mike McCarthy's a great dude. Yeah. He's probably really fun. Gonna... <laughs> but I'm not, I mean. Yeah. I think... This is Texans homerism. I think Lovey Smith would be a great yeah, guy to hang out he with. Seems Plus, like he'd be cool. depending on the defensive player, like if it was an older defensive player, they could share like so many old defense stories. I think I know who your defensive player is going to be. Yeah, JJ Watt. Yeah, yeah. Man, I JJ Watt's a great pick. Um, 
Shoot, I don't know. I'm trying to think about Miles like, Garrett would be a Miles, great pick. Actually, I think my pick is well, Von Miller. I can't, I can't not pick JJ yeah, just because of what JJ. he means for the Texans. But there are a lot of Von Miller and Miles Garrett just because they're Aggies and and they're, they're cool. I mean, yeah. anyone who's not an Aggie can admit that those dudes are pretty cool guys, yeah. unless you're Mason Rudolph. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Aaron Donald would be awesome. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's sort of a douchebag, but like in like a all in like a cool funny yeah, way. Yeah, right. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Von Miller. Okay, that's fair. So you went McVeigh, Brady, Brady Von Miller. Miller. So you have two Rams. That's kind of fun. Gross. Um, and I've got McVeigh, Brady, and JJ just because I got to. And I, he just has meant so much to my uh, life. Yeah. I'm a I'm a football fan because of JJ Watt. Um, if I'm picking offensive players, it's like Von Miller's one A, JJ's one B. Yeah. I'm just gonna switch it up a little bit. We can't yeah. have the exact yeah. same lineup. Fair enough. Close run out for quarterback two would be Dak. Oh, very one close. obviously because I'm a Cowboys fan, but two like he just seems awesome. like the best dude in the NFL. I mean, if there's one there's one player that's been more loved that's been a cowboy over his career, Dak is definitely up there. Oh, for I mean, sure. I've even seen Eagles fans on Twitter saying they respect yeah. Dak Prescott. You know, and that was not the case. And Tony Romo seems like a nice enough dude, but everyone hated Tony Romo. The, the, that was just that was more because of his some of his crucial mistakes and notable like. No, I'm talking about like other fans. Yeah. They use that against him. That's fair. I'm sure if Dak had that kind of narrative going with him, yeah. then maybe people would turn against him a little more. And, I mean, it's not a knock on Romo, but he wasn't as, like, active in, like, charity and mental health awareness. Yeah. Like, obviously, he, like, he was a great guy. He was. It's just Dak is, like, at the forefront of that in the NFL. And, like, yeah, Romo seems like a nice enough guy, but Dak is, like, confirmed a phenomenal yeah. he's, dude. He's already... Yeah. Our man of the year nomination this year. I'm sure. I don't know if Romo ever got one, but it's hard to compete with that when you have Jason, Jason, Jason Witten on, on your team, Demarcus Ware on your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Romo, one last thing before we move into some other headlines. We were just talking about this. I don't. I don't know what's going on with him as a commentator this year, and even some of last year. Like his his first year, his rookie year as a commentator, everyone fell in love with him because he was... He's the most popular broadcaster. Yeah. By far. Because he was charismatic, and it seemed like him and Jim Nance had a good relationship, even though things got a little testy sometimes. I think that everyone yeah. loved that. And then He's his, whole, his whole shtick of where he picked and predicted like 60, 70% yeah. of plays before they happened. It sort of seems like he's just showing up now. Like, he's not doing the preparation that... We just watched... It was on the Manning cast. We watched but. Joe Buck talk about it showing his sheets of how he memorizes all the players. Even every special players. teamers, yeah. backup special teamers, everybody. Every Long dude snappers. on the field. He, he knows every player's name by their number. When he sees the number on that jersey, he knows. And he knows he does that in baseball, too. Like, yep. it's genius. Yep. That man... And it looks like Romo does almost none of that. No. He, he's, he's, asking, caught, he's asking Jim Nance who a player is. Yeah. And you can't, like... I get it. Sometimes there are players that there's fifty there's yeah. fifty three players on every team. Like that's yeah. a lot of people to But when you're asking who like the wide receiver three is on a team, it's yeah. just a little even if it's some random special team or like it's your job, dude. Yeah. You're gonna pay millions of dollars yeah. to be on live television in front of millions of people. Like I love her I love you, man, but you gotta you gotta 
My dad's right. gonna love this section. My dad hates Tony Romo. <laughs> Not because of him as a quarterback, honestly. Because of the star on his helmet. Yeah, and yeah. and he just does not. He never liked the th- predicting plays thing. He does not like him as a commentator. Yeah, I will say when people kind of anointed Bromo as like this genius with predicting plays, and I'm like, yeah, he's smarter about football than Jim Nance and Joe Buck. But I mean, you put any quarterback who's in the league for yeah. ten, fifteen years that was as successful as Tony Romo was, they're going to be able to do that too. Yeah, Peyton- I mean, we watch Peyton and Eli do it constantly. The difference is, and this is what's sort of helped me realize that I don't like Tony Roma as much this year, is that they they pick their spots. They pick one or two plays a quarter, maybe not even that much, and they're right a lot. Or they'll, they'll see that maybe some kind of funky play is coming, they'll point that out, whereas Romo's, Romo's like taken it and ran A couple times it. a drive. I mean, yeah, because he took the internet by storm with it. He went yeah. viral. I mean, yeah. I don't blame him for trying it, but it's like at some point it's like, you can't do that every other play. Like you got to talk about other stuff. Yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah. Um. I I still think overall he is a good. He's been a decent. Oh, for broadcaster sure. This year, yeah. but it's yeah, it's been a noticeable step down from last year when he just was the most Again, electric, took, viral. Took the internet by storm. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Some other big sports headlines that I wanted to cover. You put this one in because soccer just anointed their best player in the world, and uh, Messi took home his seventh seventh Ballon d'Or award. Lionel Messi, which extends his record. Ronaldo, him and Ronaldo were tied with five three years, ago. years ago. Yeah, and uh, he's now won uh, two, two. And there wasn't even the third year was changed. no. The year in between yeah. was canceled because of COVID, which still doesn't make sense to me. Just because. I mean, the seasons were delayed and messed up, sure, but at the end of the day, almost every, every season played. played. Yeah. I think, it, like, the Dutch League canceled or something. Yeah, but no one from the no Dutch No one in the Dutch League gonna... was going to win. I, I could be wrong on that. There was, there was one large European country that canceled their... Uh, I think it was, because I remember Ajax, one of the biggest clubs in the world, was complaining about that. Anyway, should have been... Uh, Lewandowski from Bayern Munich, who won last year, but the award was canceled. I mean, he was going to run away with the award. Award got canceled, didn't get it. Uh, and, then, and then this year, yeah. I mean, you thought he should have won it this year, but they gave it to Messi again, which, I mean, yeah, it's it's Lionel Messi. He's one of, if not the greatest player of all time. But and uh, Argentina I, took home. The Copa America, America, yeah. So. I, I think that, and that was pretty much the sole reason I think he ended up winning. I, I think they take international play a little bit too far sometimes. Like, for instance, Mohamed Salah, I'm a Liverpool fan, and in the last three months of this year, he's probably been the best player in the world. Um, obviously, I don't think he deserved to win the Ballon d'Or this year. If he continues playing like he is now, next year he should win it. But um, the fact that he finished seventh place, and a lot of that to me has to do with international play. I mean, he plays for Egypt. He's the only significant player on that team. They don't get anywhere in competitions. Yeah. And I feel like it's a flaw. It's, un, it's unfairly penalizing people like that. Just like Lewandowski plays for Poland. Like they're better than Egypt, and they make it to major tournaments, but they're not. They're not winning that. I mean, no, they're, they're not, not winning anything. They're not Argentina. They're not France. Yeah. Or, yeah. So anyway, yeah. this. I'm again. I've said it before. I'm not the hugest soccer fan. I have started watching more Liverpool games with Wyatt yeah. this year, but. Um, even I've I've been aware that Lewandowski was robbed 
at for sure last year and maybe two years in a row. Yeah. Which sucks, but it is what it is. And you've said this. He'll be remembered forever for winning the 2020. In, in terms of his legacy, he has a Ballon d'Or in everyone's hearts because of last year, the COVID Ballon d'Or that was canceled. Like he, just, he was going to win. It just sucks that his name's not on yeah, it. Yeah, doesn't, he doesn't have the trophy at home. Whereas yeah. now Messi just took a picture of his little family and had seven of them laid across him, his kids and wife and dog, <laughs> which is phenomenal. I mean, we're watching a Tom Brady. Yep. We really are. Yeah. Yep. We're watching a LeBron. Or Jordan. Yeah. Ronaldo, yeah. too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Crazy watching some of the best players in a ever lot of different in sports. All of their sports. Yeah. Um, MLB news. They just entered a lockout. I think it was from the offices side, not the players' side, right? That sounds correct. The yes. players were wanting to renegotiate a few things. I think most notably, or not even, one of the things that I know for sure they're talking about is treatment of the minor league players. Oh, for sure. That's been a problem for a long time. Which has been a problem for a long time. They're paid very minimally, and I, don't, I forget which of the teams, uh, AAA teams, started providing housing for all the teams, and that's now guaranteed for um, all minor leaguers, which is really, really that's, helpful. Because, yeah. I mean, if you go... Triple A is one thing. You still make okay money. You can live. You get down to double A, single A, and low A. I mean, those dudes, it's basically, I mean, obviously, they're parts of major MLB organizations. But in a sense, like, you get that low down the ladder, and it's kind of beer league-y yeah. in the way that these dudes have to have, A lot of them have to have other jobs oh, sometimes. several other jobs. They, they just can't, Cause they can't, can't make ends meet. And they can't work a full-time job because they've got to leave. because no, they got to yeah. play baseball for yeah. a year. It's, so it sucks. Um... The, the good, from reports that I've just recently read, uh, they think that there's going to be an agreement made hopefully in January or February before spring training starts. So a lot of teams are wis missing their winter meetings, but it's not going to be catastrophic unless spring training and then maybe if it starts leaking into the regular season that games start getting canceled. They're hopeful that there will be an agreement before then. Uh, they said it's almost definitely not going to happen within this year. But yeah, after I mean, the turn of the new half year. Half a month left. So we'll but see. hopefully, yeah, January, February would be the best case scenario at this point because once you start missing spring training, it's like when the NFL locks out and misses, or even last year with COVID, there were no preseason games. There's a noticeable lack of readiness by players in the first oh, part sure. of the season. I remember after the Mavericks won the championship in 2011, Got to bring that up, obviously. <laughs> Got to find any opportunity to put that in here. Um, but there was the NBA lockout. Yeah. And I remember, I think we played 50-something games that year. Um, and I remember the debut was on Christmas Day. And a lot of teams were significantly impacted by it that. It was it's 60, just, right? Cause the, it might have been 60. The yeah. a Hornets good went 7 and 50. Oh, the Bobcats went 7 and 59? 7 and... Anyway... A huge chunk of the season was cut off, and it's similar kind of to this COVID season when we didn't know when the season was going to start back up again, and a lot of players came back out of shape, um, just overall not prepared because, I mean, a lot of them were just chilling in the off season on vacation stuff, didn't really. It's the They went 7-41. and 41. No, they went 7-59. and 59. Okay, so there's 66 okay. games. So you, 66 it is 16. 
not as big as I thought it was, but that's still and missed all the lead up to the season. So yeah. the teams had a tough yeah. time. That, that's almost a training. fourth of the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll never forget that debut because there was a finals rematch on Christmas Day. And Dallas Mavericks just got absolutely smacked by the Heat. LeBron. Might have been the only one working out during that lockout. <laughs> and he came back with a vengeance for what yeah. the Mavs did to him, but still lost. Too late. All right. Uh, this isn't, like, major news, but I just saw a story this morning that made me super weepy. It was a video of this golfer named Rob Labritz. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Who has competed... On the tour before, he's played in a few different championships. I think he played in the PGA Championship. So he's been, he's made a name for himself in the sport, but has never won his card, which means his you, tour card. Yeah, you win enough the previous season and are guaranteed entry to any event that you would like to the following. And this morning, 31 years after he started his professional career, he got his card for the first time, That's and he's like crying and everyone's coming up and hugging him and he just keeps going i gotta call my wife i gotta call my <laughs> wife yeah that's a cool story it shows that hard work almost always pays off in the end if you just keep at it so. 31 years though man like yeah. that's that is a that's more than hard work yeah um but good for him man you know who it kind of reminds this story kind of reminds me of is uh who was that Lakers player when they were really bad and oh, Kobe was I, hurt? I saw him this morning. He Andre, was a man. On, oh, Andre Ingram. Ingram. Yeah. I saw him this morning because he won $30,000 on Wheel of Fortune last night. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I brought no, up. he yeah. paid, played 10 seasons in, in the, the G, G League, League, right? He was a math tutor in his spare time, like tutoring kids and stuff. And he just kept his nose down, kept working hard, and he made, he made an NBA roster and then set the world on fire when he came into the game. I think he made, like, five threes yeah. in a row. Like, yeah. he, he was just electric. Yeah, he played two games. I, I just saw the video yeah. this morning, so I remember clearly. He played two games, and the second game wasn't as good. But the first game, no, he lit man. the internet on fire. Like, everyone knew his name. Yeah. So, yeah, same same type of deal. Real feel-good story. Yeah, he was kind of like the... I think he's the all-time leader in three-pointers in the G League. He's kind of like oh, the, yeah. the Curry, Ray Allen of the G League, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, but, for I sure. Mean, I'm glad to hear that he won $30,000. That's awesome. Dude, yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, speaking of the NBA, I feel like we should do some sort of update, even though <sighs> I know you do not want to. Um, the Spurs have won five out of our last six games, beat a lot of good teams, and our only loss was to the Suns, who... Everyone remembers was in the championship last year. So, feeling pretty good about the Spurs. It's tough, and I say this every time we talk about the Spurs, I love that we're winning games. It really means a lot for San Antonio, because we've had a couple down years in a row. Yeah, and for Pop. For Pop, because he's at last the years. end of his career. And for all the young guys to get experience winning. I mean, we beat the Nuggets last night, who are with without two of their best three players. But, Jokic still played. Jokic had a triple-double against us, and we still beat him. So. Yeah. Good for y'all. DeJounte Murray's playing really well. Super he well. He looks like a first definite piece of the future. Not that there aren't other pieces of the future on the team. Y'all y'all have like a phenomenal cast of great role players. And like, yeah. DeJounte's starting to become that guy, but he's still... He's best served as the third best player on a championship team. Yeah. Which and, is awesome. Which is awesome. That's a great player. Yeah, to add. and he's still young. Twenty five. We've got him locked up for four more years. So I, he is a significant part of our future. 
Um, the problem is we, y'all are kind of sneaking back into the not losing enough yeah. to to get a good pick, but not winning enough to really contend either. Y'all yeah. are y'all are, which is what y'all have kind of been doing for the last three four years, kind of been that middling. Which you know, it's not like you're rooting for them to lose. You no, want them to I win can't. every game yeah. when you're watching. Same with the Texans. Yeah. Um, At this point of the Texans season, I know that we're not. Yeah. I mean, would you rather the Texans be two and ten right now or like five and seven? Five and seven for sure. Or six and six, like you're five and seven would still give me hope that we'd make the playoffs right now. But anyway, Spurs, I'm happy about, and uh, the Ben Simmons rumors are heating up again. It, it's looking like the Sixers would like to trade him, which makes sense. Joel Embiid is playing out of his mind, and they're not winning games. They're they're not a contender without a second star on the team. Good team, great. Not... Yeah, they'll, they'll make the playoffs regardless. But it might be a team that loses in the first round, which when you have Joel Embiid, you just cannot do. You Especially with his, he's starting, he's not old, but he's in his prime right now. Yeah. And, and he's, he's injury, injury prone, prone, very yeah. injury prone. you got to capitalize now when you have a player like him. And So we'll see, relating it back to the Spurs, I don't think that we're anywhere close to the front runner for Ben Simmons. But I'm closer sh- than I'm, the Mavs are. I'm sure that we will be in the mix, and now they're... The Sixers said that they're open to any sort of trade, two-team, three-team. They didn't try to go after Damian Lillard there. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That's ridiculous to me that they think they could get Damian I mean, they'd have to give up more, a lot more. Ben Simmons doesn't Oh, 100%. The Blazers wanted to make it clear that Dame wasn't available for trades. They should have been like, okay, if you want Dame, we want Joel Embiid. And then they (laughs) would stop calling you. Just like that. Well, I think that they still want to stay in the mix because... It looks like they're open to trading CJ for Ben Simmons, but they just had a collapsed lung, so we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of tough right now. But yeah, I think the more teams that are involved, the more likely it is that the Spurs trade something, especially because we've got Thad Young, who has made it clear he does not want to be play for the Spurs. Not that he doesn't he want to play for the Spurs. But he'd like to be competing for a championship, and that's not going to happen. Or at least us. playing meaningful minutes, and yeah. y'all are prioritizing young development, which he's come out and said he understood. I mean, he's a veteran. He yeah. seems like a good guy. He knows. Oh, he's, he's a not, great guy. He's not going to make it difficult. He just but said, he's like, hey, guys. like As trade talks heat up, which I think they really start on Wednesday of this week, it's December 15th is whenever, they, whenever players that were signed in the offseason can be traded. I think that the Spurs might be in the mix, which will be exciting. Do you want to talk about the Mavs? Or? Um, well, we just lost to the Pacers last night by double digits. The uh, Pacers are bad in the really East. Really bad. They're bad. Um, they didn't even have their head coach, who uh, I know pretty well. Yep. Rick Carlisle. So that was cool. Um, once again, we shot extremely poorly from three. It's Five games so into the season, weird. I was like, you know what, we're gonna we'll drift back to the median. Like we're we've got great shooters historically, great shooters. But it's like, I mean, you got guys like Porzingis who usually shoot forty percent of shooting below thirty. Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway is shooting volume, low thirties. Like, Reggie Bullock can't make a shot to save his life. Sterling Brown has been dropping Tony Snell's in limited minutes in terms of just zeros across the box score for him. Snow. We used our biannual exception on him, and he's provided us little to nothing. Yeah. Um, just about every even Luke. Luke. The big thing is that Luke has been having a down year. He is 
I don't want to say he's regressed this year because it's not like he's getting worse as a player. He's just come out of shape. Yeah, apparently he reported to the team at 260 pounds, which is probably 15 to 20 to pounds, 20 pounds over what there. his playing weight is, which it sucks to talk about conditioning and weight, but when you're a professional athlete, you need to stay at your tip-top shape. And it's weird for Luca because he was in the Olympics like two months before. You'd think this was the most active summer of any yeah. summer of his career. I mean, yeah. he looked thin he in looked, the Olympics. He looked phenomenal in the Olympics. He, he was playing in the Olympics like the best player in the world. Yes. It was insane. Yeah. He, he Slovenia carried them to the fourth best. They finished yeah. fourth, right? They could have easily medaled. Slovenia. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Anyway, poor Mavericks. We'll see if I, we can turn it around. Jason I can't. Kidd. Actually, not poor Mavericks. You have Luka Doncic, and he's locked up for five years. But it sucks because with a team like the Mavericks, they were not ready for Luka to be as good as quickly as he no. was. But now that he's there, it's like, okay, you got to do something. But you all have sort of strapped yourselves in. Trading picks away first for Luca and then for Kristaps Porzingis, that you don't have a whole lot that you can trade nope. or salary to match to make the team better. We just have to probably what's going to end up happening, whether we turn it around this season or not, whether we're bad or whether we end up shooting back up to a top four spot. I don't think we will, but what's going to happen is we're probably going to ride out these next couple years of having a full salary table. Um, maybe offload Porzingis once his contract's up in two years. Uh, offload a couple of these other highly paid guys like Hardaway or something. Clean out cap space. And hope that a big name free agent signs. That's what's going to have to happen. And then on top of that, you guys need to draft well because you have a good set of role players right now, theoretically. I mean, we just talked about them all not shooting well, but they're all older. We don't have picks. I mean, we have picks like After- every other year. After this year, I thought you had them all back. 2023, you don't have. I thought that this was the year that this was the last Knicks draft pick. I think it's 2023, if I, I could be wrong. And because of the weird first-round pick rules, like I don't think we can trade a first-round pick until 2025 because it's two years after your last traded pick, which is long. It's a long time. That means we don't have the ability, no matter who we have on the roster, if you can't trade your first-round picks, we don't have You're the ability right, to trade for a big fish. We have to sign one free agency, which we do first. not have a reputation of doing. The difference now is that you have Luka, and players want to play with Luka. Some players do. Yeah. Some players don't. He's very ball-dominant. That's true. Not a lot of people want to play with James Harden. Very similar situation. A lot of players get frustrated when all they want to do is stand in the corner and shoot threes, or all they can do, that leads to them, sometimes they get frustrated, then they try less hard on defense. I don't know. I think that... Stuff like that. It happens. There's a difference between Luka having Kristaps Porzingis, who is very clearly the second best player on the team, like it is not even close, and him having a Giannis. Not that okay, well, yeah. But him having another like top 20 player on the team, there's a good chance that... The ball spreads out a little bit more. The ball spreads out a lot more. I mean, let's see. James Harden got Chris Paul, and that didn't happen. Chris Paul got got pissed off and pointed out. Yeah. We'll we'll keep things updated in terms of Mavs and Spurs basketball. 
hopefully the tides change for the Mavs. Um, we'll see. I have gotten to the point that I don't think Jason Kidd's a very good head coach. No. Yeah. I knew that coming into the season. I was just, I had to be cautiously optimistic because you just have to be. Yeah. Same with like Porzingis' injury history. I can't just sit there and mope. I have to hope he'll be healthy. Yep. So, anyway, I don't want to talk about this yeah, anymore. Yeah, moving on. Uh, A&M, we uh, talked about the LSU game last week, or maybe two weeks ago. Uh, disappointing, man. Really, really disappointing. However, we made the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, baby. Let's go. Uh, we're playing Wake Forest. We're 25. We're ranked number 25. They're 18 they're, or 16. Yeah, the Something mid, like mid-teens. We're favored by 7. We'll um, see. That's the spread. Uh, We're an SEC team, and the teams that we've lost to, we've learned lessons from, hopefully. Jimbo, I have a lot of confidence in. And, realistically, win or lose, this bowl game does not matter at all for our future. Yeah, you'd rather win it. You never know. Yeah. If there's any recruits on the fence, and then we that's lose to Wake Forest. That's true. Um, of course, when a of, lot of them are between programs like LSU and Texas, it's not like they're doing anything to help flip those recruits to <laughs> right, us. I mean, right. I, I read a, a UT blog that was talking about Quinn Ewers decommitting, and at the time it was between he was between like TCU. Uh, I thought it was Tech, Texas, and A&M. And TCU. Oh, and I didn't so know TCU. TCU and A&M got taken out of the equation. It now looks like it's between Texas and Texas Tech. Um, both programs aren't in very good shape. No. But I guess he come wants to come play in Texas. And he's probably gonna go to Texas. Most yeah. And uh That's who we wanted to play for in high school. Have fun with that. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be surrounded by top tier talent that won't disappoint at all. Anyway, um uh, I read a report that was like uh how likely is it that five star wide receiver, top ranked wide receiver who committed to the Texas AM University after being highly projected to go to the Texas University? Um, Evan Stewart. Evan Stewart. And they, these guys are writing like it's just clearly they're very confident that once Quinn Ewers commits to UT that he's going to flip with them. And I'm like, he also has a five star quarterback in Aggie Land waiting yep. for him. Like, sure why, does. why would he flip there? We're very possibly going to have the number one recruiting class in the country coming this year. So that's what I wanted to talk about next is recruiting Jimbo. Holy shit. I I don't... This is more than I could have ever possibly this, yeah, been for. Yeah. I mean, we're having an Alabama recruiting class right yeah, now. Yeah, we are. We, right now, we have a better recruiting class in Alabama. That's ridiculous. And we're close second behind Georgia. And if we get a few more guys that are leaning towards us at the moment, we'll have the best recruiting class in the nation. And we've always been having top-tier recruiting classes. Yeah, Jimbo's, Jimbo's recruited really well. And the honestly, difference, Sumlin recruited well before him. Yeah, the difference is that how we utilize that top recruiting talent. Because you look at, yeah. we've always been sort of around Bama's recruit. We've been in that range of Bama's recruiting class, but clearly they always capitalize on their talent, obviously. Sure Whereas we look good. We always have like one big upset against a really good team almost every year. And then we go drop games to five and six LSU and mediocre Mississippi State, and it's like yeah. Arkansas and Ole Miss, good teams, understandable, I guess. Yes, Jackson, I just called Arkansas a good team. Have fun with that. <laughs> Remember that next year. But um, I think I, I mean, it's this is me being an Aggie fan and thinking optimistically, but Jimbo, it seems, has like gone all in on this recruiting class 
and over the next two to four years, we'll see. I, when you have a five-star quarterback, two five-star receivers, a five-star defensive lineman. We have one five-star receiver. We have another four-star receiver. Okay. And he's one of the higher four-stars. Yeah, Yeah, and we're loading up our front seven like nobody's business. And offensive line. We had Walter Nolan commit, right? Yeah, and we also, another, so if you look on 24-7 sports, that was my favorite. It was at Evan Stewart. It said 100% UT prediction. Flipped him. Um, And then Denver Harris, a five-star cornerback. 100% 100% UT prediction. It's now up to 70% A&M prediction. Um, and we got the guy from OU that just flipped. Yeah. I mean, when these recruits are going to games at, uh, Texas at, at loses the 40 to acres Kansas. and watching them lose to Kansas and all these middling Big 12 teams. And obviously, we lost to a couple of middling SEC teams. But there's a difference between middling SEC team and middling Mississippi Big State 12 would team. beat the shit out of Kansas. Mississippi State and LSU would be near the top of the Big 12, and they are near the bottom. Well, Mississippi State ended up having a decent season, but still, I mean, it's just such a huge difference in competition. I I don't know why you would want to join that program. Unless, I I get it, your dream is you want to play for Longhorns, they're an iconic brand, franchise, whatever, but... And um, we'll be soon, baby. I hope so, man. We have the the most electric stadium atmosphere in the country. It helped, that that absolutely helps with committing, and with getting people to commit and we the the biggest thing for recruits is when you're recruiting a player it's how can you prove that you are giving them the best chance to make it into the nfl that's that's the priority like obviously they want to have fun and at least compared to texas and i mean obviously there's other sec teams that do it better than us like lsu and alabama but a&M has one of the best track records of any college. Whether we go 8-4, and 7-5 and five or not, we have consistently produced NFL draft picks and yep. good NFL players. Yeah. Even Hall of Famers. Yep. Von Miller. Miles Garrett. Yeah. If he stays healthy. I mean, yeah. He's, he's going to win defensive player, player of the year this year. Last bit of A&M news. Our defensive coordinator, Mike Elko, just announced yesterday, I believe, yes, maybe yesterday. the day before, that he is... Um, leaving AM to be the head coach at Duke. He was here for four years, coached one of the Fantastic top defensive, defensive teams in the league year after year. Um, disappointing. But disappointing, but... We wish him nothing but the best. I, saw, I don't blame him at all. I saw a tweet earlier. Let's see if I can find it. You might have to stall for a second. That was basically like, Jimbo has hired three back-to-back-to-back phenomenal defensive coordinators. Yeah, and... We've got a blank check. And we've got he, a we're, blank we're, check. We're gonna, That's the thing. We got hey, Jimbo's got a blank check to go make another top two hire. We're going to get a big fish defensive coordinator for yep. sure. Um, and with Jimbo's track record, man, I mean, do we have any reason to believe he's not going to make a good hire? So his last three, Mike Elko, now was head coach most recent. Jeremy Pruitt, I think he's the head coach of Tennessee, and Mark Stoops, who is the head coach at uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, he's now, uh, Jeremy Pruitt is now a defensive assistant for the Giants, the New York Giants. He's in the NFL. Yeah, so he hires well. and He was the head coach for Tennessee the last three years before this season. He's now in the NFL. He was Georgia's defensive coordinator, Bama's defensive coordinator. But yeah, he was defensive coordinator at Florida State when they won their national championship. Before he hired Mike Elko, Dave Aranda was the second finalist for our defensive coordinator, who is another very successful coach. So I have 
a lot of confidence in Jimbo hiring well. Yeah. I think that wraps up our other sports headlines. Uh, we've got a little bit of NFL news before we talk about the Texans and Jags. <laughs> hey, man, you've done this to yourself. Yeah, that's what the podcast is for. The first thing that I want to say, and this is horrifying news, really, really, really sad. Demarius Thomas passed away two days ago uh, of a seizure. He'd apparently been having seizures for the past year. Um, and passed away at 33 years old, one of the greatest receivers in, of, the of our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, our prime of sports watching is the 2010s. And yep. He has for four, eight seasons, he was one of the best, or six, seven. Anyway, for most of the decade, he was one of the best receivers in the game. He had five straight seasons with, like, 80-plus catches, 1,300-plus yards, and, and three eight different, to ten. Three different 1,400-plus yard yeah. receiving seasons, and... He's not just a product of Peyton Manning. I mean, he excelled with Tim Tebow at quarterback. Yeah. And has one of the most iconic plays in the NFL in the last yep. 20 years, the walk-off 80-yard touchdown against Beat the, the Steelers. Steelers in the wild-card round, <laughs> where they then, when the, the Tim Tebow of Demarius Thomas led Broncos, then went on to go play the uh, New England Patriots. We all know how that probably turned out, but regardless, one of I mean, the coolest one moments. of the plays of yeah. our lifetime in the NFL, I mean... Speaking of Tim Tebow, I read a really like funny quote from Demarius Thomas this mo- morning. Um, a guy who followed his entire career, they got to Denver at the same time, like they were super close. Reporter said that after, so he played in the triple option at Georgia Tech. You are not catching a whole lot of passes when you're playing in the triple option. Still managed to be a first round draft pick and was drafted to a team with Tim Tebow at quarterback. And so for his entire, like, professional career, he had not played with a real quarterback. And uh, then Peyton Manning joined the Broncos, and there was a quote this morning that said, hmm, I wonder how I'll play with a real quarterback. Oh. Hey, man, I don't blame him. No, nothing I'm personal. Sure. that was team. nothing about Tim Tebow, but going from Tebow to mm. one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, it's truly a, one of the greatest, uh, a story of achieving the American dream. When, when he was a kid, his grandmother and mother, and I think his stepfather, I believe, all got busted in and arrested for long periods of time and for drug one. charges. I mean, he had nowhere to go. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. You're 11 years old and you lose every adult in your household. Yeah, and the really, really sad thing, and, and he said that this really affected him for a lot of his life was it was his grandmother running a drug ring out of their house. Yeah. And the other adults obviously knew about it, but were not involved. The mom was just holding money for the grandma, and that's what she got busted with. And they offered her a plea deal where she could be out in four years max, and she said that she didn't want to rat on her mom and went to jail for 20 years. It was a, a classic nonviolent drug offense that just turned into way too large of a sentence. The good news is, though... After he achieved what he did, he ended up uh, bringing national attention to his grandmother and mother's incarceration and used his influence as one of the best receivers in the league. And I, I believe he got Barack Obama to yep. commute their sentences. Sure he did. freed them. Yep. I mean, you did your job there, man. Like, you you achieved the impossible. Yeah. You're 11 years old. Your adults are taken away from you. You have nowhere to go. And, like, 
I don't know exact percentage, but the vast majority of kids in those situations end up turning to crime. Oh yeah. After that, and he said that that was the only thing keeping him out of crime was watching those people leave his lives and saying that I will never end up like that. I'm gonna work as hard as I can. And he and now he's gone too soon. Yeah. Rest in peace, to Mary. Rest Thomas. in peace to a. Texan, former Texan. Yeah. After he played for the Broncos, he was traded to the Texans for half a season. Um, that was at he he was on his way out of the league at that point. But his first game was five days after the trade against the Broncos, and he had like sixty-five receiving yards or something. Yeah. So R.I.P. Really, really sad too. I mean, he's one of the first receivers I remember being like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Like that dude is incredible. All Super Bowl right. champion, Cowboys feelings. Give me your, uh, give me your thoughts because it hasn't been like there's obviously you're in the fourth seed mm-hmm. in the NFC right now. If the season ended, we play the Rams in the first round. That's tough, but I, I you mean, could win that game for sure. Um, I still think when healthy, and we're obviously not the favorite by any means, but I still believe we can beat any team in the league on any given week. And you have Amari Cooper back after COVID, and you have CeeDee Lamb back after the concussion game. Um, yeah, Rams fans, or sorry, the Rams fan is not... Um, they have a lot of fans. I know. It's not the Chargers. I know, I know. <laughs> I just like to... Um, they, it, if they lined up with us, they're not going, oh, sweet, we're playing the Cowboys. No, absolutely Just like not. we are not going, sweet, we're playing the Rams. You like, would it's a just rather matchup. be playing the football team or... The, yeah, obviously. Or getting the bye, but that's looking that's, unlikely. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... Last time I was on this podcast, my feelings were a lot more positive. However, and yeah, we've dropped some dumb games, uh, and I'm not throwing out excuses. I still think the Raiders game was just horrendously officiated. I hate that, oh, okay, they have a decently mediocre corner. Let's just have a guy run in a straight line, throw underthrow it by a couple yards so that he just inevitably will hit him, no matter what. He could be playing perfect defense, and you're yeah. going to get that call. It's ridiculous. And, they and did that it three decided times. the game. The, the last one decided the game, which was really, really and tough. The last one in overtime, he played perfectly, and they still threw the flag. It's Regardless, we lost to the Raiders on Thanksgiving. doesn't matter. It's an L. Um, but but the we, positive, we missed our two, our two top receivers and our two best pass rushers. I mean, yep. we had... It's, and now everyone's back. The only, the only major injuries on the team right now are that Zeke is obviously still dealing with something. And then Tony Pollard tore his plantar fascia. Yeah. Um, but the good news on that is, like, we were reading the article. Apparently, if you fully tear the plantar fascia, it is significantly less painful than if you half tear it. Because if you half tear it, it's still trying to use that function. And if you don't have it, it's still painful, obviously. Yeah. It's a, but... Um, you have missed the first Randy Gregory game back, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, I think you make the case of Amari, CD, Randy Gregory, and D-Law. I mean, that's four of our top seven players. Yeah. Because the other three are Micah, Dak, Dak, and Zach Martin. Yeah. Four of your top seven players, and you're still, like, competitive and still winning, yeah. kind of. I mean, yeah. we dropped three out of the last four, but, like... I don't know, man. I, I think I think the Cowboys You're are going to be You're in a phenomenal si- situation. The only thing that's looked weird consistently throughout the season is Dak missing some, like, 
Yeah, very he, easy throws. He's not he, easy. He started off the year as the most accurate quarterback in football. Yeah. And after that calf, it, it kind of looks like that calf injury is still kind of affecting his mobility a little bit. Not not that he's been running this season. I mean, obviously his leg was snapped in half last year. Um, he's like, lost, not, like a year ago, right He's now, lost right? most of his mobility, which we were worried about, but he's become such an elite pocket passer that it just doesn't... It doesn't even matter. And he, he could still throw on the run. He's not running upfield, but he'll run horizontally and make bullet 15-yard throws. And I mean, it's hard to complain about that because usually he makes those throws and most quarterbacks can't, but he's been missing a couple of those crucial throws. He's looked... A just off. a little off, little off, and that's that'll make the he difference between bad. y'all being a contender, yeah. like for the Super Bowl, and being a good playoff it, team. If he comes in like he's been playing the last three, four weeks, minus the Falcons game, obviously that was just ridiculous. But if he comes in like he's played the last three, four weeks um, into the wild card round, I don't think we'd beat any of those NFC teams if he plays like that. I mean, we, of course, you could say the same about Matthew Stafford, right? Um, no, he's looked, but he's looked even more banged up than Dak has. Um, oh yeah, no, it's it's even worse looking for him. But we um, are running pretty late on the podcast, so I don't want to keep going with other news. I'll go quick through our Jags and Texans updates because Wyatt didn't even watch the games. Not that I blame him. Two of two of the worst teams uh, in the league. I was driving home from Dallas. I did not prioritize that. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching my fantasy team and. I don't have any fantasy players from the Texans or Jaguars. What? <laughs> Even though I might miss the playoffs, I still consider my team pretty decent, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I don't have any Texans or Jaguars players on my team. So What? <laughs> However, I do have Russell Wilson. I mean, you'd like to have James Robinson, probably. Yeah. Oh, Obviously, there's there like a couple, couple of players. Like but, yeah, Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Cooks wouldn't be a terrible receiver to have either. It's just... Yeah, I'm kind of just no. making the point yeah. that there's really not a whole lot of pickings from that. Um, we'll talk about the Jags first because we've got some exciting news about the Texans. Uh, the Jags lost 7-37 to against the Rams, just as everyone expected. It was a, uh, kind, of a, uh, kind of how the Cowboys kind of answered back against the Falcons. This was kind of the Rams game for them. I'm, obviously, the Jags are worse than the Falcons, but it's a similar bounce back, destroy the team you're supposed to beat. Yeah. Good, uh, good bounce back for the Rams. But or Jaguars. The Jags. Honestly, they looked pretty even in the first half. Trevor Lawrence looked all right, uh, and then the Rams turned it on. Sonny Michelle ran for like a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Trevor Lawrence on the season is completing fifty-eight percent of his passes with nine touchdowns and ten interceptions. Obviously, not the not golden good. boy that everyone expected. Uh, but he is a rookie. We've got to keep reminding ourselves of that. And he is being severely affected by having Urban Meyer on the team. And just the rest of the roster surrounding him. I mean, he doesn't have... Yeah, Who's, his, who's his best weapon? Jamal Agnew? No, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. LaVisca Chanel. He, he was hurt a lot of the season, wasn't he? For a couple games. He's missed DJ Chark the whole season. Yeah. Who was uh, coming in supposed to be their number one. James Robinson is pretty good, again, being affected by Urban Meyer. But the good news is, and we've been calling for this all season, Urban Meyer will not be the head coach next year. I would like to read just a few sentences from an article that came out a this report morning. Did you came read out it? this morning. I have not yet. Okay, so you get to I'm live excited. react. I'm excited. Past week, two weeks alone. So everyone remembers the bar situation earlier in the season. People thought that he was going to get fired after that. Then John Gruden happened and then completely yeah. distracted the media from any head coaching carousel type of situation around Urban Meyer. So that was really lucky timing for him. That was very lucky timing. 
And then after that, a couple weeks later, they beat the Dolphins and then beat the Bills. And everyone was like, whoa, six Jaguars. to three. No, it was nine to six. Nine to six. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and everyone was like, whoa, Jaguars, maybe Urban Meyer's turning the culture around. Maybe they're figuring things out. No. Past two weeks alone. <laughs> no. Receiver Marvin Jones. Guy we just mentioned, one of their best players, one of the locker room's most respected veterans. He is everyone loves Marvin Jones. Every team he's ever played for, he played for the shit uh, Lions, and everyone was like, "Oh, Marvin Jones, we love him." Became so angry with Myers' public and private criticism of the receiver group that he left the facility until other staff members convinced him to come back, and then he had a heated argument again with Urban Meyer same day. During a staff meeting, Meyer delivered a biting message that he's a winner and his assistant coaches are losers, calling out all their previous records, forcing them to defend their resumes. What resume does he have in the NFL? That's ridiculous. Yeah, one of the greatest college coaches of all time. College head coach is a very different job. Hugely different. And then... He benched James Robinson last week for fumbling, and then this week, James Robinson fumbled on the first drive. It was a phenomenal play by the defender. It was like he was being spun around. It was ripped out. He was benched until halftime, and Trevor Lawrence had to go up and be like, put that dude in the game. And Urban Meyer came out The rookie quarterbacks having to make demands. (laughs) Urban Meyer came out later in the week and was like, or maybe even the next day, and was like, that was not my job. I'm not the running backs coach. Ask whoever their running backs coach's name. And everyone on the team has been like, no, that was Urban Meyer doing that. He just wanted Carlos Hyde on the field because they played, he played for him at Ohio State. That's ridiculous. So that's three things in the last two weeks. And then the icing on the cake for it, for me, and uh, this will be the thing that gets him fired. Rams players went to the media and said after the game, they were talking with Jags players and consensus across the board, all these guys are going up to them and saying, we are not being treated like adults. Urban Meyer is treating us like we were college kids. I am, I'm an adult. I am an NFL player making a salary. Like he is not treating us like that. Um, and that's been obvious. Like you can tell, but that will be what gets him fired. So tough. Tough. I mean, we knew it was a questionable hire to begin with, but, uh, our buddy Sam McFadden is the Jags fan. He was cautiously optimistic in a similar way I was with the Jason Kidd hiring. Um, except, this has been worse. Oh, it just leaps Light and bounds years. worse. Because at J- least Jason Kidd has kept play, out of the, the players media. Like him. The yeah. players like him. He's yeah. just not been the best. He's as not a, good at the X's and O's as much, yeah. surprisingly, you'd think someone like that. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. it's So, the hope for Jaguars fans, and I'm a quasi-Jags fan, sort of, I guess, is that they fire him as soon as possible. I think they should fire him tomorrow. They should fire him today. But they fire him after the season, and the hope is that he didn't ruin Trevor Lawrence because a shit year like this, being treated like a child by a coach who doesn't believe in you, who's calling you out for little mistakes... That can do a lot to... I mean, he's... What is he, our age? He's a kid, man. Yeah. He might be younger than us. And it... It's important for any player to have instilled confidence from your coaching staff, but especially the quarterback. It's crazy how the most important position, maybe in sports, but obviously in football, might be the most dependent position on coaching. Yeah. 
I mean, there there's probably some very very great quarterbacks that were just that could have been Hall of Famers possibly that just were put in the most horrible situation. Shoot, you look at like even like Josh Rosen, who obviously is a huge bust. I mean, he was never, and a lot of that can be put on him. He was arrogant. He was cocky. He played horribly. He was but, never given the right to the team. Yeah, what if he was drafted to the Patriots and they got to play after Don Brady? Like, you could make, there is a reason Mac Jones was the fifth drafted quarterback, and he is just excelling more than any of them. And you have to wonder, a lot of that has to be oh, because of their 100%. system. I'm not calling him a system quarterback, but like as a rookie, he definitely is. And, and you put Trevor Lawrence in New England, and he is far and away oh. the best quarterback of the rookie class, so that's it's tough, and I'm I'm just hoping that's that's the thing you have to cling to as a Jags fan mm-hmm. is that he's going to be okay, and Urban Meyer is going to be gone. Yeah, uh, they are playing tit- the Titans in Nashville next week or this tomorrow. Yeah, um, we'll see how that goes. And like I I say this every week, AFC South games are weird, uh, but I said that before the Texans Colts game, and mm-hmm. we lost thirty one to zero. The NFL's weird. I mean. I'm not sure who was on the podcast the week before the Jags played the Bills, but I'm sure y'all were talking like this is gonna be another rough week for Buffalo or for Jacksonville or gonna get smacked by one of the best teams in the league and their defense just absolutely obliterated them and they won the game on three field goals. I mean that's just that's the NFL for you. That is the NFL. That's sports. Um, Texans Colts talk. Jonathan Taylor was getting MVP chance in NRG Stadium. Which is awesome for him, but that's, yeah. That sucks. (laughs) Good for Uh, him, though. The Texans are scoreless in our last six quarters, and we, remember I talked about it, the Jets game last week, we scored two touchdowns really quickly, like the first quarter and the beginning of the second quarter, and since then we have not scored any points. Uh, We never crossed the Indianapolis 40. That's like, like we are approaching the worst offense in, in history. Um, Tyrod was benched sort of halfway through the third quarter. He was injured. He, apparently, he could not grip the football well. Uh, Davis Mills came in, did not look any better, but he is now named the starter for the rest of the season. I saw Dalton last night. I know that he feels great about Davis Mills being the starter, and I could be completely wrong, but I haven't seen a whole lot other than that one great Patriots game. He had that one great Patriots game. Um, And, like we were just saying with Trevor Lawrence, and obviously he's not as talented as Trevor Lawrence is, but he is a rookie quarterback, and he is in a terrible situation. So... If you yep. can see even glimpses of success with what you have with him right now, that's house money. My hope, and I said this last night, is that we go into this draft with a top three pick, which we are almost guaranteed to have because we're the only team officially eliminated from the playoffs now. Go Texans. Uh, go in with a top three pick and pick one of these blue-chip defensive-talented guys like Kevon Thibodeau, the guy from... Oregon, Aiden Hutchison, Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley, the corner from LSU. One of those guys, I'm sure there will be a couple others that rise up the ranks. Get one of these stud defensive guys who can be the face of our defense for the next couple of years. For the next Provide years, a defensive hopefully. identity for everyone else. To Provide an identity. And have Davis Mills write out all of next season as the starter, good or bad. Either he's great 
and we're like, oh shit, we've got something in this guy, or he's bad, and we get another high draft pick and get to pick one of Bryce Young or uh, C.J. Stroud or the that crazy QB class of 23. So that's my hope. Uh, last thing, we are 62-3 to versus the Colts this year. We scored three points. Man, the Colts, they started out the season terribly. And then they figured out that if they put the ball in Jonathan Taylor's hands, everything's yeah. going to be okay. And Carson Wentz has been taking care of the ball better. I mean, he's been—he's not an elite oh, no. quarterback by any means, no. but he's—he's kind of been worth the first round pick they traded for. the haters right now. He's been a solid he has been worth, this year. worth the first round pick they traded for him because their other options were nothing. Like yeah. they, no, he's been a good quarterback. Yeah, he's been great, which is awesome. Because he left the Eagles, and he left the Eagles good. to excel somewhere else, and now. I mean, shoot, the Eagles might still make the playoffs, but their quarterback situation is very interesting right now. Yeah. We'll see. Jalen Hurts. We talked about it earlier. Maybe Gardner he figures it out. Good. Becomes um, the face of the franchise, or maybe he continues being consistently inconsistent. You've got Gardner Minshew, who, again, he's more of a pro. I mean, granted, he's still kind of young, too, and he's never really looked terrible. For no. Point. He's always no. been pretty solid. Um, but he seems to be more of a floor raiser. Oh, absolutely! No, he is, he is the reincarnate of Fitzmagic. Yeah, uh, from top to bottom, both in terms of like a guy that I'd like to hang out with and being the twenty fifth best quarterback in the NFL or something like that. Like a on his best days, he can he can be in the teams. Oh, like, for sure. sure. Oh, for sure. But on average, like he is a floor raiser, like he just said. Uh, the Texans play the Seahawks in Houston this week. And here's the exciting news. We're going to be there, baby. We will be <laughs> at the game. This will be my first Texans game since I was like 10 or 11. This is Wyatt's first NFL game ever. First regular season game. Because I've seen like three. Yeah, we've been I've seen like four Cowboys or, preseason, uh, preseason games. games. Most of them Cowboys-Texans games with Oscar and his, his dad. Um, but I, I've never been to a regular season NFL game that I can remember. And... I mean, a lot of that just has to do with Jerry Jones, but yeah, I'm very excited. Even though it's probably going to be a crappy game between two not very good teams, it's going to be fun. So I'm obviously a huge Texans fan, and one of the guys that we might be going with is a huge Seahawks fan. And I was going to say, like, it's funny that we're not even the ones with the most vested interest in this game because Wyatt has Russell Wilson as his fantasy starting quarterback. And this week determines if I make the playoffs or not. I will be rocking my Des Bryant jersey and NRG cheering for Russell Wilson. People are going to be confused. People are going to hate you. <laughs> and I don't give a damn. And it doesn't really matter because the Texans suck. Um, so, yeah, we'll be there, which will be really fun. Tickets for, like, $20, including all the shipping and handling and everything. So, um Sounds about right. We suck. Uh, if you look around the stadium, I'm sure there will be plenty of empty seats. Uh, so we we bought the cheapest tickets, and we might we might we'll probably be able down. to move up a couple rows, maybe even a level. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. Um, but that I mean, we're over an hour at this point. We'll probably wrap up there. We'll, I I do want to talk <laughs> fantasy, but I know some people drop off after we finish talking about the NFL. So. Thank you again for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with our update about seeing live action NFL. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about some fantasy corner. We we just mentioned that your season rides on Russell Wilson. This not just Russell Wilson, but um, 
it's it's been a tough year for me. Um, I drafted pretty well. Um, I've had some injury problems. AJ Brown, like yeah, the worst schedule luck in the league. But I've I've made some trades that honestly, if I hadn't made, I'd probably be way better off. So a lot of it rides on me too. I mean, it's I'm not just. But it has been the worst yeah. schedule luck by far. Yeah. Um, and a lot of fantasy is luck. You know, I've sure. made I've made some poor decisions, but and the luck hasn't been on my side to hopefully keep me in contention. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, I did just trade my third round pick for Aaron Jones. So I am kind of all in, and my team might not be good enough to be all in, but you never know. It's fantasy. You could have the, the Todd Gurley. The, uh, yeah, if you have one guy that changes your roster that has that that week 14 15 16 just on fire well this year i guess it's 15 15, 16 17 yeah yeah, same same maybe like who knows maybe aaron Rodgers is that aaron jones is that guy for me like maybe mike evans is that guy aj brown comes back yeah um i'm not too confident but this is uh, i'm i my only thing my only note under fantasy corner is that it's been a weird season um and it's our last regular season week, and we have four teams. Actually, no, we don't even have four teams locked into the playoffs right now. We have two teams locked in. Connor and I are locked into the first and second seeds. One of us will finish one. The other will finish two. And then we have from Ben in third to Wyatt in seventh, a bunch of teams separated by not a whole lot of points. Ben is the clear leader in points. Like He'll make the playoffs, but yeah. he could... He could the, drop out of that top four. And the have, way the way that our playoffs works is the top four teams are based on record, and then the fifth and sixth seeds are the teams that aren't in based on record and have the most points. So Wyatt is still contending at five and eight because he has like the third most points out of that group. Um, so we've got those five teams competing for the last four spots, both based on... Ben is locked into a spot, so really it's three spots for four teams. Um, but it's really going to be, like, who wins and who loses, and then who scores points and who doesn't, which is really interesting. And then at the bottom of the league, <laughs> our eighth and ninth seeds are set. We have some familiar Sam, faces at the Sam, bottom again. Sam and Alec are going to finish eighth and ninth, but for... Uh, Josh, Chase and Victor, and Sam Tamplin, they're all in the 10th, 11th, and 12th seeds and are all in contention to be the Bates, which is what we call the worst team in the league. Um, so really, really weird season. All, they're like these clusters of teams all grouped by yeah. record and, and a lot of separation in between. The and one then, who's kind of middling is Sam McFadden because he had a pretty solid team. Realized he probably wasn't going to win the championship, sold everything away. So now his team is bad, but he, he, he had a decent enough... I mean, yeah, he's got the same record as you. Yeah. So, weird season. Only 20 points less. Not even... Oh, wow, yeah, he's had a horrible schedule like too. But, um, that will wrap it up. We'll, um, I will update you what happens in the league this last week because then we'll have playoffs starting and I will be constantly stressed. Yeah, I've uh, because of how what I've kind of had to go through this season with it just feels like almost everything around every corner has gone wrong for me this year um, and it's just been emotionally draining because I'm just way too invested in this. So 
I, I told Oscar last week. I've just I, I'm not I'm barely even watching football right now. I'm just kind of clocking out, except well, for Cowboys games. Cowboys, except yeah. obviously, I'm still clocked in there. But I'm, it's like it's not worth it for me whether I make it or not. If if I make the playoffs, I'm back. You're I'm back, back in, in You're obviously. Back in. Yeah. But I'm take I've been taking these past couple weeks off just because it's like I can't do anything about it. It's just gonna frustrate me. Like I'm just gonna see where the chips fall. And then yeah. I'll come back in if they fall my way. But if they don't, I'm kind of glad I've clocked out. I've had way less stressful weekends. Past couple weekends. I have not. I, uh, yeah, Oscar's y'all still... Are, y'all are aware that... Well, I was the first seed, and it looked pretty guaranteed that I would be the first seed. And then I've had some bad schedule luck. My team's performed poorly. And then I traded for Christian McCaffrey. I traded a second-round pick in Elijah Mitchell. And then he got immediately injured, and now my team looks significantly worse than it did a couple of weeks ago. So this could be a tough, uh, a tough couple of weeks for Oscar. But that's fantasy football. I won the championship last year. It is what it is. Uh, I would just like one thing to go right between my teams, whether it be my fantasy teams, the Texans, the Spurs, the Aggies, and it's all been kind of. I mean, the Spurs have looked up, but it's it's been a little disappointing. But that should wrap us up. Wyatt, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. I'm sure you will be back. Um, I sure hope so. This is fun. Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. Um, so this is basically what we do every anyway, day anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Just we don't talk as eloquently because we don't have a microphone right in front of us. <laughs> I hope people think we sound eloquent about this. Yeah. Um, we we just kind of stutter and cuss a little more and don't and throw out dumber shit. Yeah. Um, when we're talking around, but this is pretty much our don't our friendship pulled up. Yeah. This, this is, is what we do. So it's fun to kind of turn the knob a couple dials to the right, take it a little more seriously, and just and have you know fifteen to twenty listeners yeah. listen to us do it. Um, so thank you, Wyatt. Thank you, as always, to the fans for coming in and hating yourselves with us. We will see you next week. The Dallas Cowboys will win the Super Bowl.